It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show they choose. Tonight, I'm joined via Skype by Jake Fogelnest. Welcome, Jake. Hey, Craig. What's up, man? Um, If you don't know who Jake is, you're dumb. Um, (laughs) And you're probably not on the internet. Um, Jake, you And you're a bad person. You're just a bad person. (laughs) You're a bad person. You might know Jake from his new podcast, The Fogelnest Files, or his radio shows on Sirius XM Radio. Yep. And from uh, his old uh, TV show, Squirt TV. I did, I did that in the 50s. In the in 1950s. In the 1950s. There are kinescopes of it available at the Paley Center. Yes, but you you have to – it's just as um, much taken out as the Ed Sullivan Beatles tapes, so they might be well-worn by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're well-worn kinescopes, and we lost a bunch of them in a uh, salt mine in 19, uh, 1974. Uh, a bunch of them were, were burned. It's awful. <laughs> I don't and, know why uh, they brought so, those to a salt mine. That makes no sense. I don't know. They bought them to a salt mine just specifically to burn them. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for uh, joining me uh, on Skype, Jake. Um, so why don't you tell me what – well, we pre-watched the episode um, of uh, Family – oh, I already spoiled it, but of Family Ties that you picked. Yes. Um, so what, which uh, – tell us what episode you picked and why you picked this one. I picked – well, I, I was like going through Netflix trying to figure out what show to watch and about – I don't know. Maybe a year ago, they put everything from like Family Ties and Cheers, all like a lot of the classic 80s sitcoms on and I started watching Family Ties again and I wanted to pick like a really classic, iconic one. Uh, I didn't want to pick the obvious Tom Hanks episode right. where uh, – the, he's a brother. He drinks the vanilla extract. There's actually a couple of Tom Hanks episodes. Um, I did want to pick the obvious one where Alex is at the uh, at the prom and they play the Billy Vera and the Beaters song. And the, uh, you know, what would you think I would do at this moment? I don't want to do that one. <laughs> Uh, so I thought, let me pick the uh, next most obvious one, which is the episode where Alex uh, is really stressed out and wants to study, so he takes uh, amphetamines. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and he uh, and the the plan words title is Speed Trap. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Trap, yes. <laughs> um, so I haven't, I never, I watched this episode. I used to watch them. I was a little young because this episode I think came out before, slightly before I was born, but. Um, <laughs> Season two of Family Ties, they tackle the uh, amphetamine uh, uh, problem. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's like they're like, well, we got through season one. Probably no drugs in that one. Season yeah. two, we'll do episode six. Um, season, no, season one, there's a very famous episode where Mallory takes angel dust, right? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> no, there's no drugs in season one, I don't think. Um, Maybe a couple of uh, slight references to the fact of Stephen and Elise may have smoked some pot at one point. <laughs> yeah, so in this one, it's that Michael uh, Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox, um, basically has to study. He is like crazy finals. I don't know if he's going to college, but it's like scholarship tests 
Yeah, it's a it's a scholar. It's a he's in high school. He's a senior in high school, and there's some big test on Sunday that will afford him a scholarship. Uh, and but like to Harvard or a potential some sort of Ivy League school. Like he'll have his pick of the Ivy League schools if he can just uh, ace this scholarship test. And um, and he asks Mallory, who has a friend who is the butt of like. Ten fat jokes. It's literally just a setup for fat jokes. Yeah, yeah. She has uh, her friend Effie. Mallory's friend Effie ha- is weighs three hundred pounds, which Michael J. Fox says, and it gets a laugh that she's three hundred pounds. And uh, and she has uh, diet pills that are have are amphetamines. They're speed. Hi. So, did you? Uh, I mean, were you able to? Uh... <laughs> Effie? Yes, Alex, I got the speed. Will you keep your voice down? We are dealing with illegal contraband here, Mallory. What took you so long? Effie didn't want to give up the pills. She says she needs them for a diet. How'd you talk her into it? She likes you, Alex, so uh, I told her you'd go out with her. <laughs> you what? I don't want to go out with Effie. She weighs 300 pounds. Well, it's a lucky thing for you she does or she wouldn't have those pills. All right, all right. I'll go out with her. Now that I'm thinking about it, like Alex says, like she weighs 300 pounds, and at no point does Mallory go, "That's not true, Alex." She's, you know, you're exaggerating. No, so I, so we're led to believe that Mallory has a friend, a, uh, you know, a like a junior in high school that weighs 300 pounds and has been given diet pills, which is possible. It's possible, but it's like if she's her, like if Mallory is her friend, she does no nothing to defend her friend, like from being no. made fun of. No, there's it's it's ninety fat jokes. In fact, it's obvious that this episode ends with a happy ending, but the very last joke it ends <laughs> it ends on a fat joke. It does. It's uh, it, it, yeah, it's the the not to spoil it, but the last line of it is basically like you know, like oh, I'm sorry, Alex. By the way, uh, you're taking out Effie, and she is hungry, like. <laughs> Like if they had if they had put in like the sound effect of like you know like like it would have been less subtle. <laughs> now, as somebody who hasn't seen a lot of episodes of, I've, I saw them in reruns, but not all of them. But is do we ever see Effie, or is she just for this episode? I don't remember Effie uh, in in the Family Ties canon. I think that she just shows up in, like in this episode. It's what she's never seen. It's like the. Uh, it's like the gooch on uh, different strokes. I right. don't know. Do we have the gooch? Uh, I don't think we did. That's For awesome. all we know, the gooch could have just existed in Arnold Jackson's imagination. <laughs> These are all figments of everybody's imagination. Um, it's, it's like a David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch was controlling all of the uh, sitcoms in, in the 80s. Well, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but there is some theory – what what was the TV show that ended up being somebody's dream? It was um... Saint Elsewhere. The whole thing the the whole thing exists in a snow globe in the mind of an autistic boy. Which is that was how they that's how they got out of the series Saint Elsewhere. Which is also a metaphor for the fact that every all reality exists in the snow globe of an autistic child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically, any reality that involves Howie Man. 
<laughs> um, but I've heard, I've read, I think in the Onion AV Club, some some theory that because there were crossovers in St. Elsewhere, that basically it it's ballooned out that every single sitcom is its own reality inside this kid's snow globe. It's a beautiful theory. It's the kind of theory that could only be born out of the offices of the AV Club. And I do like – what a fun place that must be to work, the AV Club. You sit in an office in Chicago and you just, you get, you just get to be like, what? What nonsense can I write 3,000 words about of television? Like, like Nathan Raven, who I love his writing, he just recently did like – I think it's a 10,000-word article on the Gene Domanian years of SNL, like, he, like his, his year of flops column. It's the greatest. Yeah, he, and, I love that. I've, I read the one about um, an American Carol. What is that? I that is that. the um, the one of the Zucker brothers who's now super conservative um, created yeah. this movie where it's supposed to be Michael Moore, which is played by Chris Farley's brother, who I can't remember his name right now. Kevin Farley. Yeah, and wait, what is it? What is it again? Kevin Farley. Yeah, Kevin Farley. Yeah, and it's Kevin Farley is basically Michael Moore, and um, and uh, he's visited by like the like. Kelsey Grammer as General Patton and all these like American, you know, heroes that basically tell him why he shouldn't be a liberal. Wow. That's am- so that's amazing. So the guys that did like, you know, pretty broad satire like the from the creators of the Kentucky Fried movie uh, comes Citizens United Presents. Like that's how, how does that happen? It, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Is Dennis Miller in it? Because if not, he should be. I think every yeah, m- most conservative funny men are in it, but I don't know if he made the cut. Let me ask you this: Is it the funniest movie you've ever seen? I've never laughed more at my <laughs> at, at, at against liberals. This the Zucker brothers still got it. Well, the one Zucker. Do you think how, how does that work? So it's only one Zucker brother that's become like an insane conservative. I think so he should be billed under the Zucker brother. The Zucker brother. <laughs> I have to see that. I just yeah. have to. Well, the great thing is that Nathan Rabin's article gives all the clips that you really need to see. It's, it's just so terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> um, but um, this episode of uh, Family Ties, it's basically like basic, – my favorite thing is basically that Alex P. Keaton takes speed. Yes. And the before the end, before his crash, like at the end, obviously he crashes – from, you know, exhaustion, but the way that they, like the, the personification of like him taking drugs is no matter what, he just wants to clean things like that. Yes. And he's got, and that really is it. Like he, he wants to buff the kitchen. Uh, he goes and breaks a window so he can clean out his neighbor's garage. (laughs) Like he's, he's just like, and then these on, are on these breaking- are throwaway jokes. They have he installed a skylight. He did laundry. <laughs> he did laundry, and he dug trenches in the backyard to install a sprinkler system. An underground sprinkler system, like that. You know, whereas on Breaking Bad, you know, two meth heads steal an ATM machine and then bring it back to the house to try to open it up. Yes, Alex B. Keaton, very keeping with his character. He just wants to make the world a better place. The best is that. When he's he's having a crisis of conscience, trying to decide should he take the speed or not, and he goes to talk it out with a with a photograph of Richard Nixon that yeah. sits by his bed. It's actually really genius. It's really funny. 
It's great. He's just sort of like saying to Richard Nixon, like, would you ever do something that was wrong, even though you truly believed it to be right? And then he kind of puts the the picture down, like he can't look at Richard Nixon. It's it's uh, it's so awesome. And I forget, like, I mean, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies, but you forget, like, because I'm used to him in like the move in that movie since I've seen it so yeah. many times. But how hilarious, like, how good an actor he he does, like a pratfall in this. That's like an unbelievable pratfall. He is one of the best, like, first of all, the Alex P. Keaton character is just one of the most clearly defined, like, what a great game that sitcom character has. It's just so funny. It's a, it is a really, like, I know there's like, there's a nostalgia factor and a kitsch factor to family ties now because it's very old. But when you think about it, it's a really genius idea. You have these two hippie parents uh, that have they they have a teenage son and what is the way a teenage son could rebel against these two hippie parents one of them that works in public broadcasting mm-hmm. to be a young republican that's hilarious that's really funny uh still to this day that's really really funny um and you know you just you just think about the uh the the time that it was and it's even it even shows up in the episode where Stephen Keaton is yelling at at Alex and he's just like, I know what you're doing. You're taking amphetamines. I did it when I was in college. Right. Which so speaks to that generation that uh, of parents that like I grew up with that. You know, my parents were like, look, we know you're going to do drugs. I've done drugs. We were all going to do just be careful. And for me, it didn't work out so good. I got. (laughs) to drugs so uh, you know i'm sober now but that like i don't know that that was just like a very parents of that generation were like yeah we smoked some pot in college you're gonna do drugs it's okay we're hips like no you know at the same time you can't have nancy reagan just being like just say no sitting on mr t's lap uh or whatever or, or you know going on different strokes like family ties portrayal you know of kind of drug use as as campy as it is it's actually – this episode is actually very realistic the way the parents react to it. It's like we're freaked out but we know what this is, you know, and, and we, you know, we've done it. Like I don't know. Had you seen that on television yet? Yeah, well, I was going to say that the, their, the way that they put jokes into the drug – like there were funny lines uh, like at the moment where the parents sort of find him and he's asleep and he's – so what happens is he, he's taking these drugs. He has a talk with his dad. He sort of crashes and he misses his big test because he sleeps through it. And then uh, mom and dad find him and he's freaking out and he's going to tra- the trash to find more pills. And there are funny lines that he says because he's like a funny character. But like the mom's reaction, she's like holding her chest and it's like she just looks scared and it's not – it's like good acting and it's not like it's it's very solid acting like you're actually like you I found myself and I've seen this episode I don't a bunch of times throughout my throughout my entire life but watching it again I found myself actually truly invested in it and truly sort of moved and it's and it's it's really a testament to like well okay this is you know 25 years later that we're watching this is this, this is actually really well written and really well acted and it, it's kind of just great it's kind of just great tv especially when a lot of sitcoms when they take on this stuff like fail so hard yeah it's like when you watch that episode of like fresh prince where he he has a gun i don't know if you've ever seen that like it, <laughs> 
And the the acting is so over the top. It's like because they're like now they're really like tackling something. So they have to like these actors like I forget the name of the guy who plays Carlton, but he's and then you know he, he's over the top and Will Smith's like Carlton, no, you know. Yeah. Um, I on the next episode of uh, of my podcast, um, I show the the a little clip of Mr. Belvedere, the Mr. Belvedere episode, where uh, Wesley has a friend who has AIDS, and it, it, it's the Mr. Belvedere tackles AIDS episode. Um, there's a kid in school; they want to ban him from the school because he has AIDS, and everybody's freaked out by it. And you know, I, I found the whole episode online, and you watch it, and it's just like. Why did you guys need to do this? I know you, you know what I mean? I know you wanted to to do do something different and and bring this issue into America's homes, but it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. Wait, isn't there a line where he's like cuz I've only seen the clip one clip from that, but he he walks in and he's like, "It's okay." It's like, "How's it going?" Like, "I'm okay. I have I have AIDS." Well, I got AIDS, but other than that, things are going pretty good. That's the line. That that's the clip I show on the the next episode of the podcast, and somebody on the internet I don't know who did this, but they is very genius. They show that scene at normal speed, so it's like, well, I got AIDS, but other than that, everything's going pretty good. And then they slow it down, like so it's just like, how's it going? Well, I got AIDS, but and it for some, and it just makes it surreal and awesome. Uh, I don't know who did that, or, but I'm so glad that they did. Well, <laughs> the best the best thing to do to clips you find online is uh, slow them down. Because I was watching yesterday. I every couple of months I have to watch the Randy Johnson, uh, the pitcher throwing a ball and hitting a bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you slow it down slow enough, you can see all uh, the feathers like explode, but you can see it's like naked bird body fall to the ground in slow motion. It's so depressing. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, yeah, and I feel like I mean, uh, I'm one of the mo- things that sticks out for me is that I watched when I did you. I don't know if you had this, but in like elementary school, we'd have either on a rainy day or maybe they just have like set aside time for us to watch like sort of an anti drug video. And one of them we watched was called the Cartoon All Stars, and it was all the cartoons from like it was like Slimer from Ghostbusters, it was Garfield, it was Mickey Mouse, it was like it. it I fuck Garfield, he's a lazy fat asshole. <laughs> fucking, I, I was so, this is a real issue with me lately. Uh, he's he's fucking lazy, he's shiftless, he's mean. He's a fucking asshole, that cat. Garfield's an asshole. I just want to go on record. Well, I, I've heard, because I listened to an episode uh, recently of your podcast. This isn't the first time I've heard you rail on Garfield. You're taking that guy down. He's a, he's a, he's a, he, he's just, he's got an arrogance to him that just bothers me. But isn't that, anyway. a, doesn't that represent the, where America is at? Yeah, but you know what? Like, well, he's a cat, you know, he's not, what is he worried about? He's got nothing to do. He'll sit around in the sun all day. And, 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 and why is he? Uh, why is he dining on fine Italian dishes? He should be eating cat food. There's just no logic or reason to any of this madness with Gar. It's madness. It's gone on too long with Garfield. You've heard it here now. The gauntlet's been thrown down. Fogelness and Garfield. No problem with Jim Davis, by the way. He's a he's a wonderful cartoonist and a, a great mind. But that fucking cartoon cat Garfield is—he needs to be stopped. He's a menace. <laughs> but, 
So, so you watch this cartoon art star thing. Uh, who else was in it besides that horrible piece of shit cat? Um, I think they also had a cartoon version of Alf. Oh yeah, there was a, well, there was a cartoon Alf because Alf was such a, uh, a a a big hit, the live action Alf, that they did a a cartoon version of Alf too. Saturday morning. Yeah, so he made it on there, and it was all of them rallying. Oh, and I think, like, Winnie the Pooh was in it, and they all came to the aid of a kid who starts, I think he starts smoking weed, and then he moves on to, like, crack, and they're all, and, like, his little sister and all these cartoon characters come to his aid, and it's just so, like, I mean, as a kid, I guess it affected me enough that I remember it, but so over the top. So, wait, it's Slimer, Alf, Garfield, and Winnie the Pooh? That's, like... Winnie the how did Winnie the Pooh get that was like a favor somebody somebody like Winnie the Pooh's agent also represents like Alf and it's like listen we can get Alf in the in the show but you got to you got to put Winnie you throw him a bone throw Winnie the Pooh in there they're like we don't really come on it'll be it, it, or maybe it was like sort of like uh Elliot Gould in Ocean's 11 where it was like we want to we want to honor one of the kind of the classics yeah it's a little bit of a throwback yeah, so they so they threw Pooh in for They threw through Pooh. I think there was Bugs Bunny. It had like everybody you'd want in it. And it and and the video I bought it in college cuz I remembered it and I was like, "Oh, now I have access to buy this." And uh and it's it starts off with a I think it starts off with Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan introducing it and they're in a room. They're like surrounded by kids with down syndrome. Okay, just to add an extra thing to it to make you go, the f- fuck is going on? Yeah, <laughs> it's an added amount of what the hell and the, guilt. There's no other references to Down syndrome in the entire special. It's just like, okay, sure. that No, and you know what? For the time that it happened, it makes perfect sense. Where it was just like, it was just, and, and also we take care of retards too. Like, like it just, like that, that's the... Like we're gonna do anti drug thing. We're gonna do it all in one day. We'll we'll cover it all in one fell swoop. Just the, just there is a real special uh, breed of condescension and evil in the Reagan administration. When you look, when you look at things like that, just the way that I mean, we were. I would even say that we weren't even as condescended to by the Bush administration as much as we were by the Reagan administration. Maybe it's because I was a little kid, but I look. I I would see that as a little kid, and I would go. You think I'm an idiot, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's just just so thick. It's just like layer after layer. Like I think we get it. Drugs are bad. And is it the kind of thing where this kid goes like he smokes a joint, and then it's like thirty minutes later, and he's smoking crack? Is it? Yeah, more or less. I remember him being very gaunt and like there there's like a bad guy who who's like a, a cartoon character they made up just for the for the special and uh and he did and he yeah, it's really and and he he immediately gets like gaunt and he's addicted to crack or something like that. Uh at at any point does MC Scat Cat come in and uh and start rapping? Well, Paul Abdul did do the choreography for uh, Winnie the Pooh. She did everything. She she just she was a workhorse back then. She was nothing. She did. Uh, she choreographed every music video and television show. I know it's crazy. Um. So in this uh, one other thing that I noticed that, that I liked in this episode that I was like, this is pretty. I mean, you know, the parents are hippies or they're from that generation, and uh, 
What's the mom's name again? Elise. Elise Keaton. Elise Keaton. She's showing the youngest daughter, Jennifer. They've been planning for months to watch the special Miracle of Life. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up. It, it There was a... Uh, it's this bizarre thing for months. They have been planning to sit down as mother and daughter and watch a special on how babies are made. And, and the, and the, and she says, like Jennifer says some line, like, like, is that like, what's going on? It's like that. Well, that's the sperm cell and that's the egg cell. And it's like, to me, that's like, that's a whole different episode. Like, why is that yeah. here? And, and, and Jennifer is like, 12 you know she's like 11 or 12 it's like a little like to me it was like shouldn't this conversation have happened a while ago or like it it was it was very strange to me and then alex comes in and he sees it and it's it's clearly by the way it it appears the only thing the only television that they watch in that house is pbs because earlier in the episode they're like we're gonna watch a special on wolverines and everyone's like oh good like they, they it's it's they certainly the keatons certainly don't have cable you know, they just there's no cable in that house, and it drives Mallory fucking crazy. I'm sure, like <laughs> she just is desperate to watch MTV. She just wants to see one Pat Benatar music video before she graduates college. And they're the it's and I get and it's like I bet you like NBC they couldn't even watch Family Ties on NBC in that house because I bet you like it comes in fuzzy and the, and the, for the antenna they have, the old antenna, it only gets PBS clear. That's the only, like I could just tell, it's just a miserable house to grow up in. It's a very loving family, but a miserable house for television. Yeah. Well, they're, that's all their, their fun is that. And then they play monopoly play. They sit down as a family and play monopoly, which, uh, Alex at the height of his, uh, of his amphetamine madness that's like that. That's literally. It's the most exciting thing that's ever happened in Alex P. Keaton's life is to play Monopoly on speed. I haven't used any drugs in a long time, but if you actually just if you said to me right now, like, "Hey, do you want to play Monopoly on speed?" That actually kind of sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it has the uh, it had the opposite effect on me that might be that might be my issue yeah you're you're like well everybody else is getting less you're like yeah that would be a pretty sweet ass way to play a board game i could buy hotel i could be the, i got buy hotels and uh i can go into the community chest and play a really fast game of monopoly because monopoly takes a long time to play like it, it, you could spend hours playing one game of monopoly throw in a little speed that might help surprise that hasn't happened on breaking bad where she's like, and Mr. like Mr. White is going to teach Jesse Pinkman the value of the dollar. And Zoe's just like, we'll play Monopoly. And, and Jesse's all fucked up on meth. Uh, I, in some, but in some ways, the portrayal – no, I'm not going to say that. I say the portrayal of, uh, of, of speed and amphetamines on Breaking Bad is a lot scarier than the one on this episode of Family Ties. I'd it, say so. I'd say, yeah, the uh... – the in- intense prostitution, the uh, the theft, and everything is just a little darker. A little darker, but only a little bit. <laughs> um, do you remember? Because we're talking about um, basically drug education. Do you remember any of that from your elementary school, middle school, or high school days? Absolutely. Um, there, I'll, I'll never forget. There was this guy. You know, I look back on it now, and. There's nothing funny about it. It's kind of wonderful. It's like we, 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 we'd had this guy come in 
and he was clearly doing service. He was a sober guy in AA and he came in to talk to uh, you know a group of high school students and essentially do an AA qualification and share his his story, his experience, strength, and hope about you know being in uh, being sober now and what he had went through. The problem was is that he was like uh, essentially talk like Vinny Barbarino, <laughs> Welcome back, Carter, and he kept he kept using the phrase, "Yeah, you know what it was, guys? I was a weekend warrior." And that, you know, it's like if somebody is kind of like, uh, like a char- like, like literally a character from a Martin Scorsese movie, but not like a lead character, like just one of the guys, like some friend of, of, uh, of Scorsese's that they gave a few lines to because he's a guy from the neighborhood. There's like, uh, there's like Vinnie Vela. Uh, who lives on Elizabeth Street in New York City. He's just kind of mayor of Elizabeth Street. He does public access shows. He's a beautiful, wonderful man, Vinny Vella. He shows up in, like, casino for a second. There's, like, one of those guys, you know, with a beautiful message of sobriety, but that's going to be completely lost if it's like, uh, hey, forget about it. Hey, you're going to take drugs? Forget about it. Bunch of smart ass high school students. Yeah, that that immediately under uh, like uh, no kid will have any. Every kid won't have any takeaway except for like, oh man, that guy was ridiculous. Exactly. It's just, and that's just because teenagers are awful. That's all. It's just because they're stupid, awful human beings. If you're a teenager, you're awful. But you know, so I, I, that's that was like the extent of it. And then there was, and I grew up very much in the. Nancy Reagan, just say no, um, uh, era. The problem, I think back to this now and, and like the problem with just say no is they never explained why. Like, that's the thing to me. It was always like, just say no. Oh, like, okay. But I was the kind of kid who was going to be, why should I just say no? Had anyone told me because heroin is physically addictive. Because if you don't have it in your body, you will get violently ill for for or or, or like the worst sick you will ever be, and then your brain's not going to work white for years. Like, had anybody explained that, you know, that might have been helpful information <laughs> to a young person. But they just kind of went like, "They're going to trust us." I'm going to say, "Just say no," and they're going to trust us. Because they look up to us because I'm the first lady. And it's, no, I'm watching John Waters movies. Two hippies are fucking a chicken. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not on board with you and your lovely blazer, Nancy Reagan. So, that, so for me, I think, you know, I think it worked for a lot of people, but it also didn't work for a lot of people. So I'm very glad that now I feel like anti-drug stuff uh, and I, and I, and it's almost like after just say no, the next thing they did was this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And it's just the egg frying. Right. That was a little bit better. Cause it was like, no, you guys beyond just say no drugs are really bad. They're really dangerous. But then they didn't answer the question of, okay, how are they dangerous? Like, you know, they were, tr- they're, they were just trying to scare people. My favorite is the Pee Wee Herman holding up a crack vial. Yes. It's like, is cra- it's Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubens as the Pee Wee Herman character, but he's not being funny. He's being dead serious and he's holding up a crack file and he's telling you how dangerous crack is. But it's still fucking Pee Wee Herman 
and he's Pee- it's Pee Wee Herman using a serious voice, which is, you know, I guess back then because we were so used to seeing Pee Wee Herman, it was it was probably like, oh wow, Pee Wee's being really serious. This is, we should take this. I, I, I'm gonna heed that. That I believe was effective because you never saw Pee Wee angry or sad like that. Now I look back on it and it's just like it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's it's like because I'm thinking of. Uh, and then you think of Paul Rubens being amazing in uh, that okay movie Blow, uh, the Ted Demi movie. Yes, that is he is very good, and that movie is just very okay. Yeah, it's very much just okay, and he's great in it. But yeah, um, you're you're right. That is basically like all these the anti drug things were just scare tactics. It was just like like you're gonna freak out. Don't feel like that's how it how it is, and, and and even the portrayal like that's what was so refreshing about this family type episode is like there was a lot of jokes and stuff, but the portrayal of what amphetamines do to you is actually pretty realistic. Like, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of energy, and you're 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 gonna be able to get a lot done, and then you're gonna crash really hard. Like you saw the the arc of what that drug does to you. He's still asleep, Elise. Alex. 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 Alex, wake up. You're late for your dinner. No, no, Effie, Effie, no. You're back. (laughs) What? Dad, what time is it? It's 20 after 8. The test. It's already started, Alex. We thought you'd gone an hour ago. Ah, I overslept. I can't believe it. I gotta get going. (laughs) Alex. Oh, did I fall down? I think. Now look, I think you can forget the test. I gotta get going. The door. Where's the door? Where am I? Where am I? There's gotta be somewhere. The car. Alex, Alex, stop it! Stop it! It's over. It's over. Never oversleep. Never, never. I have one of those internal clock radios. <laughs> I had that scholarship in the bag. I blew it. Speed is like that, Alex. It'll keep you up for a while, but when you crash, uh, you crash hard. I thought I could handle it. Well, look at how you're handling it. You're on your knees rummaging through the garbage looking for someone else's diet pills. I guess I've had finer moments. <laughs> you know how you feel right now? Yeah. Don't ever forget it. Believe me, I won't. I don't know that you got the same message from the Euphoria episode of 90210, I look back on that and it's like, first of all, why not just call it ecstasy? Is that some network mandate? Was Fox like, you can't do an episode about ecstasy. So it's like, we're going to invent our own drug called Euphoria. And like, that was just so, I just remember watching that and thinking like, well, this is so stupid. This drug doesn't exist. Like, you know, why? why?" And, And that was years, that was like only a couple of years after Family Ties. But I will never forgive that Emily Valentine for getting Brandon, uh, you know, hooked on uh, hooked on uh, Euphoria, and making him uh, party in a nightclub. Like I'll that. have to. Wa- re- I don't remember that episode. I'll have to rewatch that. That sounds hilarious. That they call it Euphoria. 
Euphoria and the way you can find Euphoria dealers in the nightclubs is they're wearing a shirt on it that has the number four. It is absurd. That is so stupid. It is It is really dumb. You look back on it, it's really dumb. I don't know that they – like that's why I think a show like Breaking Bad, you know, which is very much about – like you watch that show. I watch that show and I, I go, oh my god. I'm so glad I never took meth. I'm I'm so I don't want to ever experience any of that, either the good or the bad. It just all looks awful. They do a really good job. They glamorize, I feel, the the manufacturing process. It looks really fun to cook meth in yes. that show. It does not look really fun to take meth in that show. Well, I was I watched um Colbert Report this week and because Vince Gilligan was on, the creator of Breaking Bad. And my favorite part, which was the most depressing part of the interview, was like, um, you know, Colbert was asking him about his research for the the show and everything. Is like, so is there, was there, you know, is there such thing as blue meth? And then Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan's response was, "Well, now there is." Ah, oh, that's that's depressing as hell, and also kind of great. Of course, there is. I know it's amazing. Well, if you're like. If you're a meth addict and you're like, well, it's on – if you're already a meth addict and you're like, well, it's cool, kind of cool. It's on Breaking Bad now. Like let's do that kind. Marketing. You know what I mean? It's just good marketing. If you're going to be selling drugs, you want to sell the drugs that are on TV. You know? Like I remember there was like – you know, when Train Spotting came out and you know, I'd have to rewatch that movie. I haven't watched it in many years. I don't know if that – I, I I would think that it would make drug. It's sort of at the same time as it makes heroin look awful. It kind of does make heroin look really cool. But I remember at the time that there was you could buy Train Spotting brand heroin. You know, like they, they that was the bag. It had a little stamp on it. And I mean, I think that that's just. I think that's always been. A, I wonder if they did that in like the four. Like, wait, was it like was it like it said Train Spotting? It says like now a major motion picture. Like when you buy a book. <laughs> If somebody that would be the like the funniest, smartest drug dealer in the world. If you're involved with the manufacturing and selling of drugs, but you're also kind of funny and you would have the, the you would understand the irony in putting now a major motion picture on your like I know that there was uh well there was Twilight like I know they were marketing Twilight brand heroin. I remember reading about that. And like that to me is like I mean, I guess is that I guess it's a little different than like selling the LSD that has like Felix the Cat on it or whatever. It's like, yeah, so th- it's that's heroin. You don't want to market that to to tweens. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a little different than like putting a cartoon character on LSD. Like, I don't think that there's any eight year old that's gonna be like, oh, I like Droopy Dog. I'm gonna well, first. If there's any eight-year-old that knows who Droopy Dog is right now, that's a weird kid, <laughs> and, it, and somebody should should intervene. But no eight-year-old's going to be like, "Oh, it's uh, Donald Duck's on this th- piece of paper. I'm going to put it in my mouth," you know. But I think that twi- like putting Twilight on your dope bag is that's there's something sleazy about that. There's so- I don't like it. Yeah, that is definitely very weird, and and I hope that Stephanie Myers gets uh, some of the money that goes that comes through. If- Production of the heroin trade. She should send those guys a C and D for sure. She should definitely send them a cease and desist letter. Uh, say, hey, it's an unlicensed use of the uh, Edward Cullen character. <laughs> yeah, it's um. 
Well, one one other thing, I, I think I might have talked about this in another episode of this podcast, but it seems like in the 80s and early 90s that, because like with the Saved by the Bell, you know, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared, and, and <laughs> this one, it's like, I don't know, were, were amphetamines an issue in high school, for high school kids? Never, I never came across them ever i it's it never showed up on my radar like you would figure they would sort of tackle the pot more than all i remember from my drug education was they would continually bring up angel dust and pcp and i think in my 33 years on the planet and i was you know i was a drug not more, but I was a drug user I can think of two times where I came across angel dust ever you know and and both of those times were certainly by accident and it was weird like it was like even in like the like I'm an active drug like that would be like wait what are, what are you doing what do you have where the fuck did you get that yeah and, and all <laughs> I yeah it's it's because and it's so terrifying because in when they showed when you, they talked about it to you in high school they're like well when people take PCP, they end up hammering nails into their faces or burning their arms off. It's like, what the, you know, like, why are you telling us about this? Why would I take that then? Like, that's, see, that's very effective. That's like, that's different than like, just say no, don't do Coke. It's bad for you. Like nobody ever explained why it was bad for you. They just said it was bad. But with PCP, they were very clear. You don't want to take this because you're going to think you have superhuman strength and then try to lift a car and then cops are going to shoot you. So it was like, okay, no problem. Not taking PCP ever. Got it, you know, and I haven't. Like, if they know, nobody ever did the follow up on like you don't want to to- take cocaine because it's just going to make you have lots of energy and feel really good and euphoric. That's like that's the only message that I got. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I'm sort of intrigued by you saying that you encountered PCP before and that you were still freaked out at those moments. Who? What were the people like that had the PCP? It was. It was always. It was always at some sort of crowded party. I mean, it didn't happen. I mean, this didn't happen any time past the age of 21. You know, it was like, I think it was, I would say it was only like in New York City from like 16 to 20 of those years. And this was the 90s and I was, you know, on, on television. So it was crazy. You know, I think I remember it being at like, some house in the East Village with this – there was this girl who was connected to Michael Alleg, uh, who you know was the uh, guy who eventually – I think he's in jail now, the party monster guy. He, she had some sort of loose connection to the party monster guy, the guy through cl- uh, parties at Limelight. She was having a party at her house and there was pot being passed around. Very normal, very normal thing to do. Young people smoking pot in the East Village. But this guy had put angel dust in it and sort of didn't tell anyone. And like that, and, and, and I just remember being like, people going, what? What did you, I wasn't smoking it. But I, I remember people being like, what? Why didn't you tell me? And, and me thinking, that's the, this is the most unusual thing. You don't you, you, like, no, we're going to, what's going to happen? Are these people going to light themselves on fire? You know? Yeah. And you know, like, and, but it was, yeah, it was like some girl's house. That you know? guy sounds like a pretty cool dude. Great guy. 
Uh, it was actually uh, 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 Joe Lieberman is his name. He, 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 <laughs> just you might remember him. I think he made some sort of – he was in the public eye for a little bit a couple of years ago. Uh, no, it was, I'm sure it was some, you know, some awful human being that, uh, who knows where that person is now. I don't, you know, I don't remember what they look like. Probably had, uh, pr- probably a white guy with dreadlocks, you know, <laughs> yeah. he looked like uh, the bad guy from matrix revolutions. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it, it that, it was weird that like that would be weird and 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 it's that's a pretty normal circumstance a bunch of people smoking pot young people smoking pot in the east village and then there's one guy who brings angel dust to the party like no no that's you know, insanity there was a a real precedence for we're going to make sure people don't take pcp you know and the only other like like pcp thing that i remember from my youth is reading that like david lockery from the John Waters movies, I remember reading that he died of an angel dust overdose. And that just sort of was like, wow, he was so into angel dust that he overdosed? I didn't even know you could. Um, so I don't know. I always managed to stay away from that one. Everything yeah. else. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the angel dust is the most terrifying. If you're listening to this podcast and you're on the edge of doing angel dust or not doing it, I'd say don't do it. I would say do it and let us know what it's like because I think we need more uh, angel dust research. No, don't do angel dust. There's, <laughs> there's no circumstance on the planet Earth where anybody in 2012 should be taking angel dust. Actually, at this point, there's really no circumstance in the year 2012 where anybody should be taking any like anything besides pot. Like go ahead and smoke pot, drink, don't do it like an asshole. Don't do pot like an asshole because you can just get just as dumb on that as you can as, a, as with alcohol. But like, like I, for people that want to know, here's what you know: like heroin, you get physically addicted to, and uh, it it provides the complete false sense of well being, so that your life be falling apart around you, and you just don't care. Like, and that might sound good until it stops working and then you're left with all of the problems you weren't caring about. That's why you don't do heroin. Cocaine, it's a, a, a tremendous amount of energy and euphoria, but you're going to get stuck talking to assholes for years. You're just going to be surrounded by assholes and you're going to talk about things that you think are really important. You're going to be solving world issues. Solving nothing. You're just putting yourself in the company of complete assholes. So much so that you will become a asshole zombie yourself. Do not take cocaine. Oh, and then you're going to be really tired. All cocaine wants you to does is make you want more cocaine. So don't do that. Don't uh, uh, don't take angel dust. You're gonna light yourself on fire. Um, I don't even know what bath salts are. It just sounds horrifying. That's a new. That's new. Um, meth, I understand. I've never done it, but I understand that that is like cocaine, except uh, it's going to go on for like you'll end up talking to people for hours. You're, you'll do that, but for days. So it's just like cocaine, except longer. Uh, and and then, I think from just watching Breaking Bad, it will make your face look weirder than. Yes, we'll have sores all over your face. Within like a week, it seems. It really does seem that I'm not saying that's 
exaggeration. It seems like if you smoke meth for a week, you turn into it's like it's like eventually people walk off of the Breaking Bad set and then they use the extras for The Walking Dead. Like <laughs> go straight from Breaking Bad. It's just like, great. That's a wrap on you. Now I'll just bring you over here and you're in the zombie apocalypse. Well, that's true. They don't do any makeup on Walking Dead. It is just meth addicts. The extras with meth. Um, yeah, well, I think what your your basic drug advice is mirrors exactly what we did learn from this Family Tie episode. I think it's good. That's why I think it's like a very kind of realistic uh, portrayal of what can happen when a teen. Now, granted, they it's truncated to twenty four minutes. You know, sitcoms were longer back then. He goes through this process in a week. I think a young person it might take it might have taken Alex a couple of weeks or a couple of months to learn this lesson. Uh, but, uh, he, he goes through it pretty quick, but I was really, I was really struck with like how well written it is that it's, that it does like stand up. It's, it's not, it's not ironically good. It's legitimately good. That family ties episode it and is, it's a great show. Yeah. I, I, as somebody who hasn't watched in a long time, I've, I, I liked it. I'm always sort of impressed by a show that holds up a sitcom that holds up that well. And then I'm also always amazed when, Fat people are just straight up the butt of jokes for no reason. Just, just like ah, and her name is Effie too, which is like, it's like, it's like you can just picture them in the writers' room on the Paramount lot. Like, all right, got to come up with a good fat girl name, and they're like Bessie, and they're like, no, that's too, that's too on the nose. What about Effie? Yeah, yeah, she'd be really fat. Like, <laughs> them pitching the fat girl name. It's uh. It's it's awful. <laughs> and that's why it's so damn good. Um, well, thanks so much, Jake, for um, talking to me about Family Ties. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. Um, do uh, you want to um, plug your podcast? You already gave a little hint of something that's coming up. Yeah, my, um, I'm trying to put them out every week now. Um, it's called The Fogelnest Files. It's on, uh, it's on Earwolf.com and iTunes, as all podcasts are. And uh, it's me... Uh, digging into kind of my you know personal archives of of stuff and and finding things on the internet and uh, you know every episode kind of has a theme and then me and uh, some comedians and, and friends of mine just uh, look at some clips and talk about them. It's been really really fun. Um, there's episodes out now with uh, Paul F. Tompkins and John Daly, uh, Chris Gethard, Julie Klausner, uh, Steve Agee, and Horatio Sands, uh, and then. Uh, John Hendren, uh, who is at fart on Twitter and the editor of uh, somethingawful.com. He's a vice president there. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really fun. People should check it out if they, if they enjoy podcasting as an entertainment medium. Yes, I highly recommend it. The clips that you pick are unbelievable, and I really enjoy it. I'm glad, man. I'm having, I'm having fun doing it. And I'm a fan of, uh, of this program. I, I love the episode. Uh, the Studio 60 episode. Oh, yes. Well, you were involved in the Studio 60, uh, the thing. That's the great, that is the most fun ever. Um, you know, Seth Reese, like we had a ton of mutual friends, but we had never met. And he created that Matt Albee 60 account. And then seconds after seeing it, I created at Danny Trip 60. And uh, we started tweeting back and forth with each other. And, and, and a friendship was born. <laughs> I'm still I'm still waiting for uh, your guys' oral history of uh, Studio 60. Really need to do it. 
uh, uh, live. What is it? It's it's Friday night in Hollywood. The Studio Sixty Oral History. We have to do that. Yeah. If if you're unaware of uh, the Twitter Danny Trip Sixty and Matt Alby, you are missing out because. I, I don't go on Twitter that much, but when I do, I'm always pleasantly surprised to see you guys still going back and forth. For, it's for people that don't know, it's we just tweet as if we are the fictional characters, Matt Albee and Danny Tripp, the executive producer and head writer of Studio 60 of the Sunset Strip. We tweet as if it's a real show, it's still going on, and uh, they're very serious about American sketch comedy and the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> And I feel like it's now that um, Newsroom is on, it is even more sort of like there's – it somehow makes sense that it's still going. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The best was Seth texted me. It's just like, how are we going to handle Newsroom? And I'm like, well, Newsroom takes place in the past. So we can't comment on it uh, directly because it's things that would have happened two years ago. And Matt and, and Danny are in th- this time right now. So we have to we have to be very careful like we were having. And I was like, by the way, this is my favorite conversation I've ever had. Like trying to figure out how, how the fictional Studio 60 characters on Twitter are going to handle the events of the newsroom. It's ridiculous. Which I like that you were having that conversation when at one point during your guys tweeting, you did travel back in time. Uh <laughs> Via because of uh, the flashback episode of Studio, Flash- of Studio Sixty, where we both changed our Twitter avatars to younger uh, pictures of uh, Bradley Whitford and uh, uh, Matt Perry. Perry, yeah, we both changed our Twitter uh, avatars to young headshots of them. So stupid. Uh, Grown ups would. The, the perfect, uh, the perfect amount of stupidity, in my opinion. Oh my goodness, the uh, best! Thanks so much, Jake. I really appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely, thanks, Craig. I'd like to thank my guest Jake Fogelness for stopping by via Skype to talk to me about uh, family ties. It was a good time. It was a time for love. It was a time for friends. Choices up for you, my friends. There's a time we caught the friends or two. We turned around, but at the end was you. That's the Who's the Boss theme song. I know that's not the Family Ties theme song. Um, thanks so much for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you guys real soon. I'll hear from you guys real soon, and I'll see you guys real soon. If you got any suggestions for the show or anything, uh, you can email me at itsthatepisode at gmail.com or leave a comment on my iTunes page. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Amigos.